you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's going on, everybody? DJ Bucky here, Move the Sticks, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. Back again, Buck. I don't know if you uh, if you got a chance to listen to it. I'm going to guess probably no. Uh, but I did go on the Around the NFL podcast uh, when uh-huh. it was last week. And uh, it got a lot of it got a lot of chatter. Got a lot of chatter on the, uh, on the, old, chatter. On the old Twitter. Yeah, it did. Um Kansas didn't bring his A game. Let's just leave it at that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you took down the champ? Well, I don't know if he ever It was WrestleMania? I don't know if he ever had a belt, but uh, he lost, if that's what you're getting <laughs> Yeah, he lost. But, no, it was, uh, it was a good time to visit with those guys. But uh, some things we want to hit on today on the pod. We've got a couple cool interviews coming up. We've got Quincy Wilson, the, the corner from Florida, who we had in studio. Also have uh, Malachi Dupree, who we had on a Skype interview wide receiver from LSU. So we're going to roll both those in uh, in a little bit here. Uh, but a couple things I want to hit on here before we get to some of these interviews. What were your take? What's your take on uh, on what happened with Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly? And, and basically, for those that haven't heard, um, I guess he was asked in an interview about Kaiser, and uh, he he said he thinks Deshaun should still be in college. I can find. I'll find. I'm going to pull it up right here and give you the exact words because I don't want to put words in his mouth. Kaiser should still be in college. He needs more time to grow on and off the field. He isn't complete yet. He did praise his physical gifts. He has a strong arm and physically gifted. I think he has all the tools, but he needs time. So, it just. Uh, well, let me give, let me get your thoughts before I weigh in here. Well, I, I, I think it always puts us in a bit of a dilemma um, as evaluators and as fans. Like, we want the head coach to be honest and forthright and, and kind of tell us all the information about a player. But then sometimes you kind of would like to see the coach go to bat for his player and kind of, you know, prop protect him, him. Protect him, feel good. Now, and just listening to that quote that he, he gave out, I think that we probably could agree that all of these quarterbacks in this draft would have benefited from having another year, more experience, more things. However, Deshaun elected to go um, at Notre Dame. And there was some debate about, you know, the young quarterback that is sitting there behind him, Brandon Wimbush. Some there feel like he's a star. And what would that do to affect Deshaun's playing time? I will say this about Brian Kelly in terms of what he said directly about Kaiser needing 
more time to grow on and off the field. Those are the things that resonate with me. I do believe in talking to Kaiser himself. Like there is some maturity that needs to take place. He has to kind of mature into being a positive leader. He could, his game certainly could mature on the field. I think the thing that kind of rankles some feathers is just that you don't expect your head coach to make that statement. Most of the time you kind of give him a nice send-off bouquet. You kind of say, hey, the guy was great for the program. He did a lot of great things for us. We wish him well. Normally you don't get that hard line honesty, but hey, Brian Kelly was asked and he gave an answer, and then we have to kind of digest it. Yeah, people go both ways on this thing, right? You say, oh, we want the coach to be honest, and then you get the, the people who say, well, he dogged out his player. I, I tend to think in this situation – um, I don't want my head coach being honest in public like that. I, no, I mean, I, like, I, don't. There, there's I don't. Some, there's some things that you can kind of keep behind. I, I, look, and this is this everything. is the thing, and and this happens with you know when scouts and you're going in and talking to coaches, they say some some terrible things about their players because they don't want to ruin their reputation with the with the scouts and with the NFL folks. So they don't want to have a reputation as being somebody just full of it and just you know it's all bluster. There's nothing you know no, you can't trust them. But there's a difference between tw- telling a scout or a GM on a phone or in, in your office versus telling somebody on the radio in, a, in an interview. Oh, I mean, there's, there's definitely a huge difference. Um, obviously, when you're dealing with scouts, you want it to be direct and honest and forthright. But look, Buck, to me, this is, this is what I would say. If you always you have to try and put yourself in the situation that the coach is in right here, right? If I was asked that question, asked a question about Kaiser, here's what I would say. I would say, look, uh, I didn't do enough to help him, you know. He obviously didn't play to the same level he played at previously, but as a coach, I don't think I'd, I did a good job of putting the right pieces around him and putting him in a spot where he could be successful. I do think he has all the tools to, to be successful. It's going to take a little time, but um, he's, he's look, I'm excited for him and what his future holds and what he can be. That's a little different than saying he should still be in college. Uh, I mean, come yeah, on, man. But it, it, he, he needs he needs more time to grow on. I feel he isn't complete yet, and then he just tags with he has a strong arm and he's physically gifted. I think he has all the tools, but needs time. I just think there's a different way to say that. And if you want to look at it from the player's perspective, here's what I would be thinking if I was Kaiser. I'd be like, look, you, I got worse under you, so I'm gonna come back for another year. And I might get benched. Last year you were jerking me in and out of the lineup the whole time. I'm clearly not your cup of tea. I'm not your guy. So I'm going to go where somebody wants to develop me, and I'm not a finished product yet. I'm sure Kaiser would agree with that. If you, I think, I think he does agree with that assessment. I think he has learned from his time in Notre Dame. I think he's excited about going on, and I think teams that are looking at him, if it's the right situation, meaning they have time to wait on him to develop, I think they really could uncover a guy that has all the protocol traits that we look for in franchise quarterbacks. It's just a matter of are you patient enough to wait for him to grow into that role? Because I still stick with this, and I know our rankings have changed in some of the things when it comes to the top fives and the top 50s and all that other stuff. I still believe at the end of the day, when I look at him, he is the best when it comes to looking at what a prototypical franchise quarterback looks like. He has all the traits. He makes all those throws, timing, anticipation, can throw the long ball, can play the short game, has the big physical statue that you look for at the position. Has he put it together long enough for long enough stretches to say, like, consistently he's going to be that guy? No, but if you're taught to grade the flashes, his flashes are spectacular when it comes to playing that position the way that we're used to seeing it played on Sundays. I just don't – I mean, maybe there's other parts of this interview that I haven't seen here. Um, I just hope there was some responsibility taken by the head coach. <laughs> That's what I hope because, to me, they, did, they, they did not play well You're around him. No You're question. But, look, they, their offensive line, they lost a center to the NFL, lost a left tackle to the NFL, lost a number one wide receiver to the NFL in Fuller. So, 
they weren't the same team. I just don't know why you wouldn't try and at least try and you're not making excuses for Kaiser. Deflect some of that. Yeah, but take some of that. Either take it on yourself or be like, look, we weren't the same team, obviously. And they weren't and, the same and team. And he got undue blame for everything that went on. And, in fact, as the head coach, I should take on that blame. Not not going to pass it off on my quarterback. He certainly should take on some of that water. Um, and I think it's very important that we point out those differences between 2015 and 2016 in terms of how he looked and how he performed because the scouts that are doing their due diligence – they're looking back at that previous season, and they're seeing this guy make all these throws and play really well, kind of uh, thrust into a situation where no one thought that he would play when Malik Zaire got injured. And he did play with a talented supporting cast, and he looked like a number one pick. And so I think you have to kind of weigh that. That has to factor into the evaluation because if he goes to a team that has some pieces already in place, I do believe he could play and play well early in his career. It just depends on the sporting cast. He's just like 90% of the other quarterbacks in the draft. They need to have the right stuff around him. All right. I want to get to uh, another quarterback real quick here, just quickly on Mahomes, and I want to get to some other pockets of players to talk about here. But uh, Pat Mahomes, we've talked about him before, Texas Tech quarterback, hot. had his pro day. He's on hot. He's on fire. Just look, we we both talked to people around the league. There are some some big supporters of his. I did not like the pro day from what I saw. Um, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the tape either. I don't think he's worth a first-round pick, but there's a lot of chatter that he's going to go in the first round. Oh, he's going in the first and round. And that's what I believe is going to happen. He is he's, go going in the first first, he's going in the first round. And the funny thing when you talk – Is this a creation? That's my question. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it, it seems like it's another creation. Um, not another bad creation. <laughs> ABC. BBD. <laughs> I, think, I think the big thing with Pat Mahomes, when I talk to scouts, everyone to a man, man, special talent, recognize the arm talent, gunslinger, does a lot of good things that you like, man. If you could just harness the talent, he could be something special. However, when I pressed him on, hey, would you want to hang, hitch your wagon to this guy as your franchise quarterback, everyone is like, ooh. Yeah, hold up. I don't know if I want to take him as a first-round pick. If I could get him later and he's a developmental guy and it's not that pressure to put him on the field, absolutely I would buy in. So the conversation is being driven by somebody. However, I just don't know because I can't find enough guys that stand up and say, hey, man, I would take him. As a first so you pick. think this could be Tom Savage? I mean, I, I just think he's certainly benefiting. Tom Savage, he's he benefiting. Was, it was from, hot. He was. Hot I think it's a little draft. better than Tom Savage because I had guys who have given Pat Mahomes second round grades. So yeah. I, second round, I'm comfortable. Like I feel like he's a developmental guy. He's a year or two away from starting. The Tom Savage thing, I never could get anyone to tell me that. Hey, I think this guy's a, a number one pick or whatever. I think it's different. I believe what he's truly valued as is a second round pick, which puts him as a guy that is a year or two away from starting, but eventually he could be a key contributor for a squad. All right, let's uh let's let's roll our interview with Quincy Wilson. We come back from that, I want to I want to hit hit you up on some pockets of players here and some of the difficulty in sorting these guys out. But first uh, this is Florida cornerback Quincy Wilson who joined us. Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps. DJ Bucky, joined by one of the top cornerbacks in this draft class, Florida's Quincy Wilson. Quincy, what's going on, man? Nothing much. Appreciate you coming out here. You got a little a little West Coast swing here for for a Florida boy, huh? Yeah, of course. What's the difference, California, Florida? Uh, I'd say it's not like muggy hot. Like it's it's, it's hot, but it's a, like a cool breeze with it. It's not, it's not like Florida. Nah, it's, it's not like Florida. It's a little different. different Florida. A little different down there. It's All right, hot, tell you what. Hot with a hot with a hot <laughs> hot wind. <laughs> we were talking about this on Path to the Draft, and yeah. uh, 
we we've had we had Jamal Adams here. We had Tre'Davious White roll through here. And those LSU dudes are proud, man. When they they mention the Honey Badger, they mention Pat. Well, they talk about DBU, yeah. DBU prominently. Hashtag hashtag DBU. But uh-huh. what we're saying, man, Florida, with what you guys have put out the last couple of years, you guys got a little you make a little run at that title. Yeah, we definitely do. I mean, I feel like we are DBU. Uh, the guys we put out in the past couple of years, the past ten years, I mean, it really speaks for itself. Who was the best guy? Let's go last year. I'll uh-huh. put you on the spot in this room. So at this time, let's see if I'm missing anybody here. You have Vernon Hargraves, you had um, Keanu Neal, mm-hmm. you had Marcus May, yourself, Tease Tabor, you also had Poole, who did a nice job, who was with the Falcons, I believe, yeah, last year, yeah, right? started for the Falcons. All those DBs all in one room. Yeah. A, A, who was the leader of the group, and B, who was the best player of the group? <laughs> I'd say the leader of the group was Marcus May. You know, he's the oldest guy oh, in there. Oh, wow, okay. He's the oldest guy in there, the most experienced. Um, so I felt like he was the leader of the group, and I said the best player in that group, I mean, it it, it just had to depend who you're asking. If you if you ask me, it's, it's me. We asked Tease. <laughs> we know what Tease said. Yeah. 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 It just, we, we got a lot of pride in our game and a lot of uh, confidence. So I feel like I was the best out of that group. Okay, so going back and, and think about those guys going and playing the pros, and hopefully you've been able to speak to them. When they come back or when y'all have talked uh, lately, what have they said have been some of the biggest things that you have to prepare for going to the National Football League? I say the biggest thing I know talking with Vernon Hargraves is um, – there's a lot of classroom. There's a lot of film watching. Uh, you got to just take that from the classroom sessions to the field, and you don't get as many reps. So you gotta you gotta make sure you're on point. Um, just a lot of a lot of film watching also, because you know they don't a lot of walkthroughs, and it ain't it's not too much like running around with pads on and stuff like college. So you gotta be you gotta become a real student of the game. Have you had a chance to study any guys in the league at all? Study what they do or try and maybe look at you, look at bigger corners, find bigger corners like yourself to look at? Yeah, definitely. I, I watch a lot of Xavier Rose and Patrick Ooh. Peterson. You just, you just said the so magic. Happens. You just said the magic it words. It so happens that we brought a little tape. Our, our, comparison, <laughs> our comparison for you when we studied you, Mr. Xavier Rhodes, Rose, Xavier yeah. Rhodes. I know if you'd be upset as a Florida State guy, but you're good yeah. with that. So when you look at Xavier Rhodes, what are some of the things that you look at and why do you feel like – I mean, y'all have similar games. Like, what are things that you can learn from watching him? Uh, with him, I noticed that he we're, we're kind of like the same size. Um, I like how he, he really bullies receivers at the line and, and gives them trouble. Uh, I like what he did to Odell Beckham over the past year. Got him real frustrated. And, and I, I feel like I frustrate receivers when they got to go against me for a whole game. So, you know, I just feel like that's why I compare to him the best. Why are you thinking about it? we? I was around uh, the Baltimore Ravens. We always said – Great corners, you know, it's obviously we have Chris McCallis. We had a bunch of big-time dudes. But we needed our corners to be able to tackle. It seems like you take pride in that in your game, your tackling. Yeah, definitely. Um, just, you know, with my side, they, they really expect me to, to do that also. Um, so, I just every part, of the, every part of my game, I just really want to make sure I'm on point so there's no question marks. Best receiver you went up against? In your college career, not just this year, best guy you faced? Uh, I say the best guy I faced. My college career is probably Calvin Ridley. Uh, Ooh. Real fast and you could stop on a dime, you Good know. route runner. Yeah, awesome route runner. Probably the best I've seen. But, yeah, I feel like he's probably the best uh, I've, I've been against. He got some juice. He does have some juice. So, now, you've had a decorated career. So, I want to ask you, during your time at Florida, what has been your greatest highlight? The greatest highlight at Florida was probably my sophomore year when we came back and beat Tennessee in the swamp. It was crazy that – that's the loudest I ever heard. That stadium, man. I mean, everyone thought we were we were down and out. And just on that fourth down, when Will Greer threw that ball, and just it was like magic. It was it was like magic. We no one was expecting that, but it was, it, it was crazy in there. All right, from from your highlight, how about the greatest hardship you've had to overcome in your life? Could be on the field, could be off the field. 
I said the greatest hardship was coming to Florida. Uh, I knew coming in, it was going to be a lot of guys and a, a lot of good guys to go compete with, like Vernon Hargraves, Brian Poole, you know, Duke Dawson, Jalen. We all came in together, and I just felt like it was a, it was really like a, not I wouldn't say a struggle, but it was like a mission every day to to come in there and be on your A game so that you can earn respect and earn playing time. So I felt like that really made me into the player I am today. Final thing. Uh and looking around your life, who would you say is your hero? I'd say my hero is probably uh, my parents, my dad the most. Uh, you know, he's been where, I, where I'm trying to go, where I've been. So I really take heed to what he says a lot. I trust him a lot. Anything I need, I lean on him. So I feel like he just got the tools to success, and I always listen to him, and I feel like that's probably my hero. Brag on him for a second here. Tell tell those that are listening. We got people watching and listen. Who your dad is, and, and you know you talk about he's been in those shoes. For yeah, those so that don't know. yeah. So my dad played at uh, Miami, and uh, you know when Miami was was hot. He played at the U. Yeah, he played at the U. And you're a Gator. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't even work in the same house. Yeah, that shouldn't yeah. even work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that that shouldn't even make sense. That, what what is that? <laughs> yeah, you know he 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 gave me a little hard time for that sometimes, <laughs> but you know he played back then with uh, Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis. So oh yeah, yeah. So he had a lot of respect in his day. So. You know, and then he he went on to play for the Seahawks for a year. So I so feel like he's been there, done that. Yeah, been there, done that. Got the T-shirt. Yeah, that's that's a good deal, man. I yeah. tell you what, hey, we're fans. We're rooting for you. We're excited to see where you go. Big, physical, tough, athletic corners are hard to find. Hard and, to find, and you fit the bill, man. So we're Definitely. excited to see where you land and to follow your career. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, but Quincy Wilson, man, he's he's serious, all ball. Uh, I I do like that about him. Uh, I updated my top 50, which will be coming out here really in the next day or so, and moved them up a couple spots. That's the cool thing about having these kids in. You get a chance to be around them. This guy, just he just felt like I was talking to a pro. Um, I, I like being around the kid. I, I have him kind of in that uh, – uh, where is he? He's going to come in at 29 on my updated list, so come I, to that bottom of one. I think the unique thing that we've had, we've had the opportunity to not only have Quincy Wilson here, we had Tease Tabor, and they will always be linked together because they play together at Florida. They both are big corners. And uh, the league loves corners that are over six foot. I think the difference in their approach or the way they go about things, uh, Tease is a little more uh, self-assured, uh, a little probably borders lines on more the brash, cocky, brash. cocky side, whereas Quincy, you definitely feel the confidence. He's just not as out and open with it. I do believe both guys kind of understand um, how to approach it as pros. And I think in Quincy's interview when he talked about that room with – him and Tease Tabor, and then you talk about Porter, a pool that went to Atlanta, and also Vernon Hargraves that goes to Tampa. I think it's something to be said for all of those guys to be able to put themselves in a situation with a bunch of alphas in that room vying for maybe two or three spots to get on the field and to day in, day out have to compete for playing time. I think that's something that could benefit all of those guys, particularly Wilson. Yeah, pretty good secondary there. All right, uh, all right, a couple pockets of players I want to hit you up on and just kind of see – uh, what your thoughts are on these? Th- the first one is I took both these guys are out of my top fifty, but I think they're. I had said earlier I thought third round for these two. I think this still could go in the second round. That's the two injured corners, right? Sidney Jones who had the Achilles and Fabian Moreau who had the the pec injury for UCLA. Both those corners. First of all, who who would you take first there? And do you think do you agree with me? These guys could end up getting back into the bottom of two. Uh, I think they're unique. They're interesting. I would take Sidney Jones over Moreau. I think Sidney Jones is a better player. In fact, I was willing to go on a limb and say, to me, Sidney Jones was the best corner 
in the draft in terms of the way he played the game, the way I trusted him when I watched the tape. I think he's that good. Fabian Moreau is someone that has grown on me throughout this process, watching him at the East-West game. He's big. He's physical. He's athletic. He's pretty sound and solid in the things that he, he does. The one thing that may trouble me a little bit about him, I don't know how natural he is at playing the ball. I think that's the kind of the separating factor between he and Jones. But he's another good player, and I think in the right system, I mean, I think he's kind of scheme friendly. Uh, I think he'd be a solid number two. I don't know if he's a number one corner, but I think he's a solid starter opposite someone that's a pretty dominant corner. Okay, cool. Um, good stuff. The uh, couple guys here, this is a pocket of players that I think is really interesting. Two of them outside my top 50, and then had two of them back up in there. Um, first one that I just did, I finished him, Tyus Bowser. He is a good player from Houston. So you've got these edge guys here. Kind of just look at this clump here. You've got Tyus, uh, TJ Watt. So I'll give you time here to get this down. Mm-hmm. TJ Watt, Tyus Bowser. Um, you've got uh, Tim Williams from Alabama. You've got Jordan Willis from Kansas State. So those mm-hmm. four guys, right? Then I'm going to give you two more. Um, you've got Derek Rivers from Youngstown State and Terrell Basham from Ohio. Like, I gave those guys almost all identical grades. Now, the first – all but Rivers and Basham are in my top 50. Um, kind of, they're, So, they're all kind of parked in there together. I think that's an interesting clump to sort out. I think they're all really, really I think, good football players. I think they are very, very interesting. And I'm, as I'm looking at them, I, th- I think it depends on what do you value more. If I had to go in terms of a pure pass rusher, I would probably go Williams first, mm-hmm. Watson second, uh – I like Rivers as a rusher a little bit. I had him, or he and Bowser to me are similar. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Bowser can cover his butt off, man. You can he put can. him out over the slot, watch him run and cover. That's kind of his Super calling card. Can, can He's like the poor man's Hassan Reddick. Hassan Reddick's going to go in the top twenty, I think. Swiss Army knife. You can come back and, and get this guy in and, the third. Yeah, round. Bowser. I think I think he's going to go in the second, man. You I know, really and, do. You know, the, here's a tough thing with Willis. So Willis athleticism at the combine. I didn't see that all exceeds. What you see on tape. Because when I see on what I wrote down on my notes on tape, straight line power player wins with effort, energy. A little toughness. stiff. Just kind of just kind of wears you down over the course of the game. He just kind of grinds it out and he gets sacks because he just outworks the comp- opposition. I don't see him as a natural guy in terms of like hands and all of that other stuff. I just don't think it. Basham, I think, is just a solid all-around player. I mean, I don't have anything that's uh, – Super negative on him. I thought he was pretty solid at the Senior Bowl. Just kind of worked, kind of a workmanlike guy. I think those other guys that we talk at the top, their splash plays are sexier than those other guys, and sometimes those those splash plays translate into the next level. All right, here's the next wave I've got for you. Here, you ready for this one? Safe some safety. So this is out of the top fifty. Now some of these guys may end up going in the top fifty. I don't know, but this is I have these kind of like bottom. Really kind of on the borderline, bottom two, top three in that in that range. Maybe more so three with the way I have these grades. So Marcus May from Florida. Eddie Jackson coming off the injury from Alabama, though he's supposed to be healthy. Um, Justin Evans from Texas A&M, who was much better last season. This year I believe he missed 20 tackles. So that was that a lot of misses. killed him. Uh, and then Tedrick Thompson is a guy I like from Colorado. Not as much love on the streets when you talk to teams. Um, I believe he's had some concussions. That's a little bit of the concern there. Uh, health-wise, but so that clump of safeties, I kind of have those guys as, as third-round guys. And I think I think it comes down to style and what you're really looking for. To me, Evans is a hitter, a striker. Um, he has some ball skills. When he's on his game, I believe he's a guy that could be a tier one player. 
Uh, Eddie Jackson is a former corner turned safety. You like the versatility. That's going to help him. Very similar to Sean Davis to me for coming good out call, of Good call. Good call. I like that one. Marcus May is – look, they talk about this guy being the leader. When Quincy Wilson was here, he talked about him being the leader in the back end. I just think he's kind of like that cerebral playmaker who just understands how to uh, play that traffic cop in the back end, make sure everyone is lined up, make the plays that are there to be made, but he kind of controls action. And then Thompson is someone who I think is underrated in this process, but every time you looked at Colorado play, he shows up. And so – all of those guys, to me, would carry similar grades. It's a matter of where you are in terms of your team and what hole you're looking to plug, how you stack that board. But they are very similar graded players, good players. Mm-hmm. I think I'll do a little something different. Do something different day two. All right, now just give me. Can you just give me one name in this next stack that you would pluck out here? Um, or actually, give me, give me, give me two names here. But here's what I've got. This is the defensive tackles outside my top 50. So the highest rated guys I have outside my top 50. Malik McDowell, who some people think he's a top 20 player. Um, I just he, he wasn't. He didn't do it for me. Just with effort and production this year, kind of took took it off there. Malik McDowell, Dalvin Tomlinson from Alabama, mm-hmm. Caleb Brantley from Florida, another guy who some people really like, um, and then um, uh, Montrevious Adams from Auburn. How about just that group right there? I would take Adams and Tomlinson. Okay. Uh, Adams for the fact that he is a rock, big, physical force at the point of attack. I think at the senior bowl he showed he could be a little destructive on the inside. I like his hand skills. I think he'd be a very, very good run player. Tomlinson, certified animal inside. In fact, there were some that were at the Pro Day of Alabama that talked about this guy showed maybe more athleticism to the more highly regarded Jonathan Allen, like his leverage. Uh, I think he's a former high school wrestler with accolades. I just think those guys have a tendency to play for a long time in the league. I like Thomason and Adams. Uh, McDowell, I like the talent. I don't like what I've heard in terms of the football character. And Brantley is fine. He just doesn't kind of charge me up when I look at him on tape. All right, now here's uh, – I've got last stack here. This is the last one we'll do. Some Some linebackers, off-the-ball linebackers. Zach Cunningham. Duke Riley, Raquan McMillan from Ohio State, Anthony Walker from Northwestern, and Alex Anzalone from Florida. So those those five guys there, that's a clump I have all, all similarly graded. Now, again, Bucky, some people have Zach Cunningham as a top 20 player. He's not in my top 50. I viewed him more as kind of a third-round type player. Um, so I went back. This is the this is the good thing. It's like you know you're in the room. You always have checks and balances. You're not going to yep. get every you're not going to get every guy right. So that's why you have the room to kind of balance you out. Maybe you just weren't seeing it that day, but you're the only you're the lone wolf. Yeah. So then what happens? Everybody else in the room likes a player. So you go okay. I'm gonna go do some more work and see if I'm messed up. And it's either gonna change your mind or it's gonna strengthen your conviction. Yep. So I went back and watched three more games on Cunningham. So I've already done. I've, I think I've done seven games on this guy because I, I keep hearing that people that really like him. Um, so this is what I came away with. I watched him in the Auburn game, which is a good game for him. The Old Miss game, he, he covered Ingram a little bit, a little bit. So to me, I saw some of the cover skills that could get people excited about kind of that new wave linebacker, right? You want to be able to run and cover. But the same issues that I had previously kept popping up. Missed tackles, too high. He's playing old, in the Old Miss game, two run-throughs at the quarterback, at that uh, yep. young freshman, Patterson. Two clean run-throughs didn't get a glove on him. Um, so a lot of those same things came up. So I ended up coming out and saying, look, I, I get it. He's probably going to go way higher than I think. But I've watched seven games, and I'm this is that's what I think he is. So I'm staying. I, I mean, I, 
I have a similar thing. To me, I heard so much about him before I started plugging in the tape, and I wanted to see a super athlete based on how he tested and those things, but I didn't see that. I felt like he was a little slow to pull the trigger. I didn't think he was I never saw him. I saw him one time really chest somebody up and really smack somebody. Yeah. I, I, a lot of reaching and grabbing. Yeah, I just didn't think that he – when you see Reuben Foster play, Whew. it's right now. Yeah. It's a I car never, crash. I never saw – that physicality, toughness, and suddenness from Cunningham. I see the versatility. I see where people could fall in love with the fact that maybe he could play multiple spots. He can cover. I, I give him that, and that's a good quality to have. I, I just don't know. To me, I kind of like gritty, physical, hard-nosed players. He didn't strike me as that. Good at what he does at Vanderbilt, just not necessarily my kind of guy. I like Riley from LSU. I think he gets He's it. a new – I uh, love his Instincts, game. awareness, plays fast, plays like his hair is on fire. I like him. Uh, Raekwon McMillan is solid. I can't say that I'm fired up necessarily about him. Uh, he's good, but I don't think there's anything when I he look at the tape. He tested better than I thought. I didn't think he would yeah, run for When I look at the one. tape, I don't I don't see like a stud or a star. I just did this Anthony Walker from Northwestern. I had not done him. Now, I guess he'd had some injuries coming look, in. Tackle machine, very productive. Thick, square build. I mean, he's got some range. He's a little bit stiff, but um, you know, and, tough, tough kid. Anzalone's the one that stood out for me, and this is why he stood he stood he stood out for me. Not only like watching tape, but when I watched him at the senior ball, he has some snap crackle pop to him in terms of like he 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 brings it a little bit. He's also a better athlete on on the field. He reminds me of Kiko Alonso. Nice, nice comparison. Um he has more to it than I think people give him credit for. And I don't know if it's the long hair or the locks. At the senior bowl, he was one of the guys that stood up. Yeah. Kind of just stood out to me, making plays, threw it in there a little bit on nine on seven period. Kind of like his toughness. Durability so I, is the I, big knock. He's yeah, so knock on he and Duke Riley, to me, would be the guys that I'd be like, look, if I, I could take these two with me, I'm taking them and putting them on my team. All right, cool. Well, we could do this for every position, man. we got another interview we need to roll, though. We've got uh, LSU wide receiver Malachi Dupree, really a, a really fascinating kid to talk to. Here's our, here's our chat with him. We've got a, a very interesting wide receiver prospect going to join us right now from LSU. Uh, got his pro day coming up. Malachi Dupree is going to join us here. And I know uh, I know Malachi, this is a guy, Bucky, you know going back to high school. Going all the way back. The opening tour, Malachi was one of the guys that came through. So it's it's funny to sit here and talk to him and watch him all grown up. How you doing, Malachi? Thanks for joining us, man. Oh, thank you all for having me. All right, now you've got your pro day coming up on Wednesday. So my first question is, you don't have really a, a senior quarterback out there. So who who you got throwing passes to you at the pro day? Got Matt Flynn throwing to me. Um, you know, it's a great thing having an NFL veteran, a guy who's been there and, and done it before. So, um, you know, it's a guy we've been getting a lot of great work with. And, um, you know, it's an awesome feeling having someone who's just been in the game for as long as he has with the knowledge that he's given us. Hey, to that point, I mean, there have been a lot of NFL receivers that have come out of that room that you have uh, spent time in, Odell, Jarvis, some of the other guys. What have you learned from – their careers in the National Football League that you can take and kind of use to help you be, be a better pro? All right. Well, specifically Odell and Jarvis, you know, we're all great friends. Um, going back to high school, you know, Odell and I played in the same district. Um, I was a freshman when he was a senior in high school. And when I was making my transition from high school to college, they were making a transition from college to the NFL. And, um, you know, I've been there taking the knowledge as, as long as I can from both of those guys. And to see what they're doing now in the NFL is, uh, you know, it's a great thing. And it also gives me a tremendous amount of confidence in my ability to make transition from college in the NFL also because, you know, um, I, I've got a lot of work with them. I've been working with those guys for um, numerous years now. So, you know, it's just a great thing. 
to come from the same school that, that they have and, and also be really good friends with them and also have, uh, you know, them there for me to, you know, soak in the knowledge from them. Well, Bucky talked about the uh, the receiver tradition there, and you just mentioned some big-time NFL players. Also, LSU known for the corners and the DBs that they've produced. Going up against a guy like Tredavious White uh, during your college career in practice and, and being out there with the Jamal Adams, how, how has that helped refine your skills being able to go up against top-notch coverage on a daily basis? Right. Well, you know, coming to LSU, I knew that's what that's what I was coming here for, to, you know, practice against great guys and have great competition day in and day out, not just on Saturdays playing at SEC. So, you know, playing against Tredavious White and, you know, Jamal and I have been really good friends since high school and we came in together with a dream and aspirations of playing NFL one day. So we pushed each other every day. We stepped on that field to be the best we possibly can. And, um, you know, it, it, it paid off. And I definitely loved working against those guys every every day. They were great. In my opinion, they're two of the best in the draft. So, um, you know, we competed every day. They win some, I'd win some. And it just was it was great battles. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see all of our journeys and, and all the hard work pay off. You know, it's pretty interesting, Malachi, because you're a big time recruit. And when you look at the numbers on paper, they would say, oh, he didn't necessarily have a great career. But in looking at your size and your skill set, why are you a guy that may have better success as a pro than you had as a collegiate? Right. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I would say we, we had so much talent around our team offensively, you know, from the receiver position. Um, you know, we've got Trayvon Durrell who's going to the NFL also this year. We had guys that also, you know, contributed through the passing game over the years with me. Um, you know, we had such a great backfield with Leonard and Darius Geis and the, and the, and the long list of guys that goes on and on. So we had playmakers first and foremost all around the board. Um, people may say, y'all know, you were run first team. Y'all had quarterback issues. At the end of the day, you know, uh, we had so much talent on this team. And, um, you know, I, I'm great. I'm grateful for the career that I've had at LSU. I'm grateful uh, for the time I've spent here and all the relationships I've built. Um, but at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, my game will, will transition and translate so well to the NFL. I feel like, first and foremost, I'm very versatile for a guy that's 6'3". I can play inside and outside. Um, you know, I played in a pro-style offense. A lot of these guys in this draft, in my opinion, played in offenses that were, um, you know, more uh, spread and didn't really give them the knowledge and the mindset that they need moving forward to NFL to, to help their game translate immediately. And I feel like moving forward, um, you know, the knowledge that I've learned and, and I've taken this my, in my time at LSU um, will, will help me move forward and, and be an Im- impact right away. Well, one, a couple of things that jump out just sitting here listening to you and talking to you for the first time. Number one, you're incredibly intelligent. And, and number two, you've got a great attitude. But at some point in time during this last year, there had to be a period of time. Did you, you had to get frustrated at some point in time, didn't you, with, with, the, with the lack of opportunities that you had? Um, well, you know, any playmaker, um, I don't care if you're offensive or de- defensive, you want to make plays. And, and in my mind, you know, in my career here, at the end of the day, I just wanted um, us to win football games. And um, sometimes it would be more frustrating when we didn't win games um, more than me not getting the ball in my hands. Because at the end of the day, I was here to play football and win football games, not, you know, be a ball hog. But at the end of the day, as a receiver, we want the ball in our hands. And definitely at times, I would have wanted the ball in my hands more than others. But um, you know, that's one thing that I, I can't look back on. I just tried to make the opportunity um, when, I, when I had the chance. So um, I feel like moving forward into a pass-heavy league, uh, my limited opportunities here will only help me um, much much more when I get to the NFL and have more opportunities when the ball is in the air more, and I definitely will make the best of those. And, um, you know, I'm very excited moving forward. I don't want to dwell on the past and, you know, my frustrations at LSU. I just want to move forward and be the best football player I can be, and I work hard every day to do that. 
Okay, if there was one thing that you would say that you need to work on before you get into the National Football League, what would you say that area of weakness is? <clears throat> I would just probably say my my um, my run after the catch. Definitely my run after the catch. You know, sometimes I feel like, um, you know, I got tackled. Sometimes I shouldn't have. But, you know, for the most part, um, just coming from a, from a school like LSU, we were – very competitive and we worked hard every day at everything and all the little things you know I was fortunate in my time here to be coached by a lot of NFL guys and a lot of NFL coaches and um we played against a lot of guys that made transitions to the NFL and are doing great things there so with my time here I was I was around guys that coached in the NFL and played or playing in the NFL currently so I got to see um you know the things that they needed to work on and how it translated to the NFL so I would just probably say my run after the catch for sure for one thing all right, Bucky, let's hit him with the three H's here. All right, we, we do ask these questions to every prospect we've had on this year. So three questions, We got the, they all have a, a theme here. The first one is, what's the greatest highlight of your college career? Greatest highlight of my college career? Hmm. I would just say um, the relationships that I've built with my teammates and my friends that, that will have to last a lifetime. You know, football is great, and we all appreciate it, and it's done great things for me. But at the end of the day, you know, I love the the friendships and the relationships that I built with my brothers and, um, you know, winning football games with them. Obviously, every football game that I won was very important to me. I'm a winner. That's what I enjoy doing. Coming back from, you mentioned my high school, you know, I only lost like maybe two high school football games my whole career. <laughs> By so, the way, you played with Duke, right? Duke Riley was on that team, yeah, on Duke your high school Riley. team. Who else? Who else was on your high school team that went on and played Division One? Dylan Gordon came to LSU. Now he's a Philadelphia Eagle. He played with uh, us here and he went, he was on my high school team and um, the list goes on and on. Kenny Young, that's at UCLA right now. Terrence, um, Terrence Alexander, he plays for Stanford right now. Matrell McGarr's at Oregon right now. Um, I mean, you know, I play with a, a bunch of guys, and, and you know, it's just coming from Curtis, so it, that's kind of expected. But, yeah, for, for those listening, know. by the way, this is John Curtis High School there in Louisiana. Joe McKnight famously went right. there and played there. There's been a bevy of NFL guys that have come through there. So you play with some big-time dudes, no question. Definitely play with some big-time dudes. So now I want to ask you, what has been the biggest hardship that you had to endure during your time as a player at LSU? Biggest hardship? I'll probably say the biggest hardship for myself, and I would say for most of the guys here, would be the talent that we had, and sometimes we had unexpected losses. And, um, you know, the, the one thing I would say about that that was more frustrating than others, I know we worked very, very hard. We pushed each other. Um, but sometimes it just seemed like we couldn't get it together in football games um, and put that talent together because, in my opinion, we had um, one of the most, if not the most talented team in the country. Um, and, and you could look across the board offensively and defensively from position to position. And, um, I mean, you know, it would be hard to disagree with me. Um, whether you're a fan of any other school, but uh, I would probably say the biggest hardship was losing because I'm 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 such a competitor and I'm such a winner, and we worked very hard. So I, I feel like you know we optimized our time in in workouts and practice, and then doing extra. Um, so sometimes that um, it just seemed like we couldn't put it together on the field on Saturdays was frustrating. All right, who's your hero? My hero. Hmm. I would probably say my dad just because, um, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him it's in, in all the things that he's instilled in me as a person, as a man. And, um, you know, I'm very appreciative for him and all the things and all the life lessons that he's taught me. Um, so definitely my father. Last last question I have for you, and that's I'm looking behind you. It looks like there's a baseball bat up on top of that <laughs> shelf. What is up there? Is that a baseball bat? What is that up there? 
Oh yeah, it is a mini baseball bat. That's it, what, I didn't. Pull, I didn't notice. Pull that. that thing down. I want to see that thing. Take those headphones <laughs> off for a second. Pull that. Pull that bat down here. Okay, here we go. All right, put that. So is this is this a Marucci bat here? Well, yes, it is. It is. It is a Marucci bat. So you must know about Marucci. Oh yeah, come on now. So t- for those listening that don't know the history, Marucci bats. If you have kids that play sports, or you play baseball, you know about the Marucci brand. Uh, but what I guess probably a lot of people don't know is what uh, what's a, what's his day job there. Why don't you explain to the folks about that one? Okay, so Jack Marucci, he's the founder and uh, owner of Marucci Bat Company. Um, I think it's the number one bat company in the world right now, MLB, um, Little League, all of that is, is, is surpassed Louisville Slugger. Um, but the founder and creator of this is our athletic trainer. And his day job is training, taping ankles. Um, obviously, he doesn't have to be here doing that. You can, you can see. Um, but that's just a testament of the type of person he is. And, you know, he didn't let this change his life. He's doing what he loves. And, um, you know, this all started. He... Um, I, I think the story goes that he made a bat one day for his son because uh, the, the bat needed to be one inch shorter or longer for his son. And none of the bat companies made that bat specifically um, the length that his son was comfortable hitting with. So um, Jack went in his backyard one day and made the back bat that his, his son was comfortable hitting with. And um, somehow it was like it, Todd. Uh, was it Todd Walker was his first guy? He was some it was an LSU player that he did a bat for. And then right. it, it caught fire, well, and then everybody know, wanted it. I know MLB. I forgot what guy it was that used it first, but it was like a you know definitely was a he was an all star guy. I know. Poo, I think Pujols got Pujols, into it. Yeah, definitely really it was Elber. So, um, one of those guys in MLB that were all stars, they used his bat, and from there it took off, and now it's the number one bat company in the world, and he's See? still here as our athletic. I, well, I I know my my son. He's got the he's got the Marucci yeah, stuff. Yeah, Marucci's in my pocket, hard. <laughs> hey malachi dude i appreciate you pulling that bat off the shelf man it's great to visit with you hey we're excited to see where you end up going uh man i think we both have said it we think you're going to be even a better pro than you were in college you're going to get opportunities and you're going to make the most of it man thanks for taking the time with us here today Uh, thank y'all thank y'all for having me great eyes noticing this i didn't even (laughs) appreciate it have a good one all right bucky malachi dupree man you talk about uh what what a smart kid I mean, just sound like you're talking to a student body president there. A very insightful, um, really understands. He he gets it. Um, he's very balanced, uh, not a one-dimensional player. I, I, I just kind of like how he is. But I do believe he has some stuff to prove, and he'll have to prove that at the next level. He did underachieve based on his talent. Some of that would be to the quarterback. But when he had those opportunities, you would like to think that a five-star guy, a guy who won the state in the long, triple, and high jump would be a dominant player sometimes would show that. I need to see more of it on tape. So when he gets into minicamp and OTAs and those things, I want to see him begin to dominate his level, those rookies. And then when he gets into the preseason, I want to see if he can splash because he should be a guy that can play. Bucky, you know what you need to do? <laughs> what, do I, what, what, what do I need? You need to elevate your underwear game to the next level with me undies. That's what you need to do. Now, DJ, I know you don't look around my side of the locker in the locker room, but – I think my underwear game is pretty nice. It's not nice enough, Bucky, because we got to go me un- me undies, man. This is uh, this is some soft feel good undies, and it gets delivered straight to your door. Ooh, I like that. You know, 
MeUndies are designed in L.A., made from sustainably sourced micro-modal fabric, three times softer than... Three times? Oh, three times. Three times. That's crazy. Oh, wow. MeUndies, softer than soft, luxe undries come in an ever-changing selection of classic colors, bold shades, and adventurous patterns. Whoa, so whoa, 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 whoa. Adventurous patterns? I mean, sometimes you got to have a little sizzle. Okay. So you can tailor your undies to your own personal style. Hey, guess what? You can save time and money each month because it's a monthly subscription, Buck. Oh, but if you're not ready for a subscription, that's okay. You can still save because Me Undies is offering you 20% off your first pair. Just use our special URL, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017, and get 20% off your first pair. Hold up. You're going to get 20% off? 20%. 20%. I mean, everybody loves it. What was it again? MeUndies.com slash NFL2017? Absolutely. You get 20% off. Hey, go ahead. Revamp your underwear drawer. You deserve it. Once again, MeUndies.com slash NFL2017. MeUndies.com slash NFL. Exciting new sponsors here. Huh? Oh, that's big. That's big. They, uh, they're, they're, we looked them up. Their headquarters are like two miles from where we are right now. Are they really? Yep. I like that. Yep. It's a great name. Great maybe, name. Maybe we should go do a tour. That's what I'm saying. Walk away with some goodies. Right, exactly. They got a big old billboard in Venice. Yeah, they're doing some big I things I think we here. changed the name of the show to Me Move the Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I think we go all in. Yes. Let's get some equity going. Yeah, Me Move the Sticks presented by Marines. That's a lot of yeah. ins. Oh, we got Marines of- underwear. This is the best yeah. combination <laughs> yeah. ever. Yeah. Um, all right. Hey, Bucky, uh, fun chat today. Got a lot in. A couple interviews. Talked about some pockets of players. Brian Kelly. Interesting situation there with Deshaun Kaiser. Some of his comments. We got some Pat Mahomes discussion in there. Uh, we'll have a little more team centric uh, chat here coming up on our next podcast. Before we go, we got yeah. we got it. We got to give Bucky a little shout out here. Where are you watching the game tonight? Uh, oh, I forgot. Yep, uh, Tar Heels. Same as last year. No, different. I'd be at a different spot because okay. my my son has baseball practice, so I actually won't have an opportunity to do it. Maybe I'll watch it on the app. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just. Let the Twitterverse tell me how my Tar Heels do. Oh, but, but I won't that's watch. That's a it. roll of the dice. I mean, that's what it is. That's how I watched yeah. the Kentucky game. I just kind of uh, let the yeah. people tell me what okay. was going on. Okay. I showed it for the last two minutes. Saw that. Yeah, good to go. All right, let me read some of these reviews we're getting on iTunes. Oh, so we've got some reviews coming in on iTunes. We've been you guys. We've reached out to everybody and said, please help us out. You guys have done it. We got a bunch of reviews, and I said, don't do this on the ATN account, on the Around the NFL account, but on our reviews, if you want to maybe take a shot at the Around the NFL guys. <laughs> Go ahead. So this this call to arms was uh, was taken seriously here. Here's one review from Wendy293. After listening to Around the NFL, I lost all hope for football podcasts. But then I discovered this one. DJ and BB talk like they're old friends who would hang out even if they didn't do this. Uh, let's see. Makes you feel like you're a fly inside the wall of a scouting room. Uh, I try to catch every episode. And most importantly, it makes up for ATL's inane squawking. Oh. That's a strong one there. Squawk. Uh, let's see here. Let me see. Because there was a couple other shots here. Let's see. What else? Is that from Arjuna? Go Pats go. Yeah, it might be Arjuna. Arjuna <laughs> yeah. might be setting up all these accounts. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, best football podcast out there. This is from Cleo Lemon. I'm guessing it's not really Cleo Lemon. Uh, two guys that have been there and done that. Great inside look at scouting from knowledgeable people. Real info and expert analysis. Unlike what you hear from Dan Hansus and the rest of the hacks on the Around the NFL podcast. Man, it got serious in here real quick. Um, yeah, so anyways, we got, a, we got a lot of nice things said about us on our reviews. And I'm going to be honest with you, the folks, uh, they know that, that the Around the NFL guys have, have called for this war. And uh, our troops are up for the fight. 
That's good because they're loyal, like we've said. Oh, They've he's got, got some loyal they, followers, they, they have a loyal army. Hey, we we got we got some we got some troops we're, on our we're, side. We're as well. like the movie Three Hundred. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, but we, we have three hundred loyal folks. That's right. Yeah, we'll do this for Thermopylae. Sp- Let's do this for Sparta, boys. Is uh, uh, are you women. Xerxes? The women uh, followers yeah. out there. What's up? Are you Xerxes out of this whole thing? Uh, you know, yeah, that's Bucky. Yeah, okay. yeah, I think Bucky's yeah, Bucky's Xerxes. Okay. All right. Hey, that's gonna do it for us today. Fun episode, Buck. We've got to run. We got to go do a little path to the draft. You can catch that. Uh, every day at 6 Eastern. Also, Mock Draft Live, new show, cranks up on Tuesday. Got to check that out. And that is – what time is that, Aaron? Anybody know back there? I think it's after Path to the Draft. I don't it? know. I used to work on that show with you guys. Not anymore. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You've been elevated. I, I don't know. It's, it comes on look, – look it up. It comes up on Tuesday. We'll tweet it out. Uh, that's going to do it for us here today on Move the Sticks, presented by the U.S. Marine Corps and MeUndies.com. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.